I'm going to discuss some things that are on my mind that I happen to just be uh, to come across or think about this morning. And the first one, the most recent one, is actually um, that, you know, securities laws can be broken if you are decentralized or if you use this word, you know, decentralization. And I like to think of the crypto and Bitcoin people as similar to the woke crowd in that they use language, they redefine terms to whatever they want them to be, right? They call Bitcoin mining, mining, which the term mining really isn't relevant to what they're doing in Bitcoin, but they change words, right? They, they change definitions. And the biggest uh, problem with Bitcoin specifically is that they've um, sort of conned the whole world, right? And regulators at the SEC um, into believing this idea that if it's decentralized, uh, then, then, um, then there's no entity to go after. There's no one to be held responsible for the actions of uh, the group. Um, and that this, this idea that you can break the law if you just call yourself decentralized, whether you are or not, right? There's no clear definition for what decentralized decentralization means. Um, it's a fuzzy gray term. So just like they've, you know, on the left, I, I compare Bitcoiners to woke people. You know, even though you might think they're they're more on the right, right, <laughs> than normal people, um, they're actually quite woke, right? They're actually woke in the way, in the respect of changing uh, the definition of words to suit their needs, right? And this is the case coming up with a new word, right? Well, I mean, they didn't invent this word, but now decentralization is used a lot when Bitcoiners are talking about either Bitcoin uh, or crypto people, right, have latched on to this concept of decentralization. So right now there's this huge regulatory arbitrage going on where if you were to launch an investment product um, the normal way, and follow the law, you, you'd have, you know, additional compliance. You'd have to, uh, you know, abide by some rules and regulations that are set forth in our, in our laws um, and, and have to, you know, have a conversation, let's say, with the SEC or, or file some basic paperwork, stuff like that. Uh, but there's this huge opportunity right now. And I think this is one of the main reasons why um, lots of people are going towards cryptocurrencies. Um, it's because there's this idea that... Um, you can launch a product, an investment product, offer it to a community or the public um, without having to go to the proper, proper channels of, you know, um, doing it the normal way and going through the proper channels that everyone else has to abide by. You can, you can um, uh, get around that in crypto if you call yourself, quote unquote, decentralized, if you put your product, offer your product on a blockchain and this is what I just came across this tweet. This Murad guy, Murad, um, his handle is must stop Murad, whatever his name is, Murad, M U R A D. And, you know, I for once kind of agree with that. Um, this guy should be stopped. This guy apparently started a company, he's got a seed round for it. And, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out what does this company do? And if you just read one of the descriptions of the of what this company does, and I didn't link to it here, but if you were to just read it, um, let's see if I still have it uh, have it here. 
um, it says um, it's basically allowing you to uh, to social to take advantage of your clout. You know, this word clout is used to take advantage of your tele Telegram or Discord, so you know, social media followers, and where um, you can start a. Um, let's see. It says, quote, we are pioneering what we term STF, a.k.a. single trade funds, many funds that exist for the duration of a single trade. Um, our goal is to unbundle the very concept of a fund. Okay, whatever, monetize your social ideas on Discord. The goal is to create a building block for traders and communities to run with. That's not the one I wanted. Um Um, basically it's an investment vehicle. Uh, so they allow someone to create an investment vehicle, um, and then have your followers sort of enter into this trade with you. And as long as this is being done, um, on the blockchain, uh, this is apparently okay. Well, this, this breaks securities laws, right? You can't offer this kind of investment contract. This is clear as day. Like if you're having trouble determining whether Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency is a security uh, this one should be easier, right? This one is they're offering an investment product, right? Where anybody can log on, apparently this new new thing they're building and and their friends can like jump into, uh, the community can jump in. Um, and it's unclear if this is like a replacement for Reddit, right? Wall Street bets where the people are like chatting and saying, hey, let's, let's go long or whatever, let's get into GME. It seems to be something, a mix between that, right? Let's go long, long GME, like a Reddit subreddit thread where you're trying to get your followers to jump into a trade with you, a mix between that and a mix of you're uh, offering this fund, this trading idea to other people. And you're saying, Hey, let's, you know, invest with me, invest with me. Here's my trading idea. Uh, this new company that Mariah, he's, it's a, it's a mix, right? It's a mix between these two ideas, but the very fact that he's offering, um, an investment vehicle product to, uh, or letting other people do this, right, for their followers, that's that's clear as day, an investment product. So is he going to get SEC approval? I doubt it, right, because he wants to put this on the blockchain. Um, so this guy is breaking all kinds of laws, and his, um, this guy's breaking laws. And my people that, that set up these STFX, single trade fund, whatever there are on the blockchain, they're going to be breaking the law if they're not going to be registering with the SEC. These people honestly believe that if you just throw throw around the term decentralized and use a blockchain, that you can sell investment securities products and not have to register with the SEC. So when is the SEC going to wake up, right? When, you know, about their complaint. And they listed all these all these cryptos they thought were securities right related to this case of this ex you know coinbase employee who quote-unquote insider traded right and a lot of a lot of a lot of the wording around their their um their reasons or their arguments for why these things were securities was around the concept of this doesn't look so decentralized uh this is more centralized why are they adopting crypto bros language around the concept of decentralization to describe whether a cryptocurrency is a security or not, right? I think they've been hoodwinked, right? 
this is my problem with the Bitcoiners is they change language. They use they they basically claim something is decentralized, which is a fuzzy term that is not well defined. Uh, and they think that they can get around securities laws. Well, the SEC in their complaint, uh, again, is 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 kind of using the terms decentralized or centralized. I don't think that term really matters. Um, and I'm surprised that the SEC is, is using this term. Um, right. But um, I don't know why they're using that term. Um, but I, I think that if they were to go back and read the law, right, they would they would look at whether it's Howey or the securities laws. There's no mention of decentralization. It doesn't come up, right? The the Bitcoiners, I don't know who who was the first Bitcoiner or crypto person to use the word decentralization. Did it come up before Ethereum was invented? I'd actually like to know if it was if it came up before Ethereum was invented. Um I don't know. Quite also I have a question of the concept of whether Bitcoin was a security, a commodity, or whatever it was, um, when, you know, what, um, lost my train of thought, uh, when, when was the first time somebody thought, hey, Bitcoin might be a um, security? I want to know when that was. I'd like to know, like, a history of, the, of all this stuff. I wonder if someone's done a history of the legal battles of bitcoin and crypto i mean they've done histories of like satoshi and development of all these other cryptos but i want to see a history of the legal complaints around all this stuff uh but this this mirad guy he 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 tweeted it out um and there's a bunch of people that gave him seed money i mean i i thought that seed money was you know not not a whole lot of people (laughs) coming in but apparently they're maybe they just spread around the risk but yeah, lots of big names like a Nick Carter looks to be involved. A um, bunch of other ones that I didn't recognize, but there's a bunch of them. Bunch of them on there. Um, okay, so my next topic is uh, let's talk about um, Bruce Fenton. Fenton, he's running for Senate for New Hampshire. Uh, this is a good segue. Um, he's been commenting about the SEC getting involved in the insider trading case, and. Like him, a lot of Bitcoin people don't like the SEC. Although there's this, there's the other side that that um, that sort of thinks the SEC should be squashing the competition for Bitcoin. Right? They should be labeling every other crypto asset besides Bitcoin a security. These are the Saifedeans of the world, the Corey Klipsteins of the world. Uh, in my opinion, they're doing this just because they fear the other cryptos and they just you know. They really just want the SEC uh, to squash their competition. But then there's maybe true libertarian types or whatever. This might be Eric Voorhees, right? Uh, Bruce Fenton is one of these guys who sort of doesn't like any government regulator out there and sort of so doesn't really want the SEC picking winners and losers, is afraid of the SEC's power. Um, but I do think that Bruce needs to to adjust. Uh, to address whether he, you know, believes in um, the rule of law and you know fraud and how fraud is different than just violating a security, a, a violation to, to failure to register your your security right with the SEC. That's kind of like a paperwork failure, right? It, that's how I view it. Versus fraudulently 
selling a cryptocurrency um, using fraud, right? Using deception, using dishonesty, making misstatements about what the cryptocurrency is in order to enrich, enrich yourself, you know, is he okay with that? And he does say in a tweet thread um, that he's not okay with fraud. He did say that, but he didn't really clarify. And he said that he wants to open up the market so that anyone can buy whatever they want. And in theory, I'm fine with that too. Like, why do we have these these rules that say that that you have to be a sophisticated investor uh, to to uh, invest in these more risky early plays, right? These private equity things. Like, why why should that be the case? Well, I think that's kind of a non-issue, really, because you're not if you don't have a lot of money, right? If you can't pass this basic test um, of are you a high net worth individual, which is actually kind of low. It's kind of it's not even that high, I think. And they've they've been lowering the barrier. Uh, you know, it's like, do you make over three hundred thousand a year? I mean, that's not that much, let's be honest. Um, and do you have assets of over a million? Like, that's nothing. That's peanuts. So, uh, in my opinion, if you don't have those two things, you're probably not going to be investing in these early, early, early um, uh, private equity deals, right? That are are not public yet. Um, and they do this, they have this law, maybe it doesn't make sense, but they do have it for a reason. And that is they're trying the best to prevent massive fraud, right? Massive levels of fraud that we can't, it's very difficult to prevent fraud, right? And so they're saying, well, these more sophisticated people are probably better at looking for fraud, right? Because there's an early stage private deals, there's all kinds of uh, things you have to look out for. Uh, you could be easily duped, deceived, right? And the idea is that um, higher net worth people know what they're looking for. They can afford to at least lose a little bit of money, maybe to some fraud, maybe to just some bad companies. But how do you tell the difference between a fraudulent company, right? And one that um, is, is not trying to be fraudulent, but just won't work out. Uh, and if you want to look at the difference of this difference that, that that's pretty black and white to some degree it's elizabeth holmes's old company theranos that um that really was a fuzzy gray area um of hey can we build this device that does what we want it to do with a small drop drop of blood in theory uh it it it, it sort of skirts the line between is it scientifically possible can we can we have a breakthrough here uh, what are we telling our customers, right? What are we raising money for? But then it turned uh, obviously very fraudulent whenever they started lying to investors, whenever they made claims that their machine worked when it didn't. Those are obvious lies. But it's a, I'd say before that, before before they're, they're outright lying about, you know, what money is being used for or if something works or doesn't, uh, there's this gray area of, hey, I'm going to raise money. I'm gonna tr- I really want to, I really want this to work. I want to sell it and to sell anything, you have to have some confidence. So you're, you're going to try to put your best foot forward, try to raise money, say, yeah, this is possible. We're working on it. It's a really hard problem. Uh, but there's this idea of, and people should be able to, to make investments and support, you know, Elizabeth Holmes is, is idea. That's true. I agree with Bruce in that respect. Um, but uh, when it becomes, there's a ease, there's a very gray line between what you can say, Right as to to potential investors that are that are giving you money and then 
what what's okay to sell let's sell them an idea and a goal and a mission right you're building a business you need money you need capital but then it's very easy to slip into fraudulent territory <laughs> um and i do wonder you know so bruce fenton thinks that any you know he 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 uh, he spoke for a long time and he mentioned something like people should be able to buy Monero. People should be able to buy whatever shit coin they want to. I guess he believes people should be able to buy Ponzi shit coins too. Right. Cause if, if he can't just pick and choose, right. Cause he doesn't think that the sec should be able to pick and choose which cryptos uh, people should buy or not, which is what some Bitcoiners, you know, actually want to do. Cause I think they're, they're fearful <laughs> of other crypto projects. They want to try to save Bitcoin. Um, from they want to make Bitcoin a monopoly where the only crypto that you can invest in is Bitcoin. Uh, but at least Bruce Fitton doesn't agree with that, <laughs> but he still isn't clear. Like, does he, he, he doesn't believe in fraud and he doesn't want the SEC to determine what's a fraudulent cryptocurrency or which one is being promoted as such. Uh, so he's giving all the, you know, the, the whole responsibility then to the public. But, you know, if we didn't have an SEC, does he have another answer for why uh, or how securities laws really uh, be, be, be enforced uh, or who, who in government would be looking into these, these different um, securities violations? Because while he says he wants to get rid of the SEC, does that mean that he means mean that he also wants to get rid of securities laws? I would guess yes. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. But I would think he also wants to get rid of securities laws. So there's a difference between wanting to get rid of a regulator, right? And 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 I agree with Finn that maybe the SEC is not doing a good job, right? Or maybe they have too much power. Maybe there's certain certain individuals that can get elected or put at the SEC that have way too much power. I I can can totally <laughs> concede that. Uh, but there's some people that have been calling for the SEC to to have a, a, a harder hand here. Like they're letting the crypto industry run wild. And in some ins- yes, I actually agree with that. They're running wild. We need so. Um, but some Bitcoiners will say, say, uh, agree with me here. Right. And say the SEC needs to do a better job or they need to be more fair with their enforcement. They can't just go after some people. But if they're going to go after more people. Right. Uh, broader fraud. Right? If they're going to go after every every single case of like breaking securities laws or, or fraud, fraud, um, they're going to need a bigger budget. And I would I would guess that a lot of these Bitcoiners are not for of the SEC. So while they they don't like the NFTs of the world or they don't like certain Ponzi schemes and the SEC sort of, you know, giving a blind eye to them <laughs> uh, to go after all the fraud out there. Right. It's not just the crypto industry. The SEC has to look at, <laughs> but to go after all the fraud, they'd have to have a much bigger budget. And I, I, I don't think the crypto people would actually like uh, to give the SEC a bigger budget. So it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Um, if you want the fraud chased out of the market, which a lot of Bitcoiners do because they think it's like hurting Bitcoin. Oh, all these scams are giving Bitcoin a bad name. And so that, I think that's a lot, why a lot of them you know, want to go, want the SEC to go after everything but Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they want them to go after Tether. That might be a different question. Um, but yeah, again, if you want them to go after every single case of securities violations, you have to have a bigger budget for the SEC. So is that something that we want? I complain too about how the SEC seems to be going after only certain people, like small fish, right? These two X. um, employees of Coinbase, kind of small. They only made like 1.5 uh, 
million. So uh, small potatoes. Why don't they go after the after Coinbase? Why don't they go after bigger bigger people? Why don't they go after Uniswap? Right? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I tend to I tend to think of it like um, you know our police our policing um, laws in general. It's it's really hard to go after everybody that commits a crime, and a lot of the the Black Lives Matter the people that that say we should def- defund the police often say hey. Um, and this, I actually agree with this, um, because cops tend to be in more minority communities just in general, because more crime does, uh, tend to occur there. Right. So they tend to go where the crime is, but if they're also there, they just happen to be there. Maybe they're, someone's a suspect or, or they're, they're waiting for the next 911 call might come from there because there might be more calls, right? If there's more instances of, of violence or, or just theft or whatever might come from there. So the cop might say, well, I'm just going to you know, sit around this neighborhood because I'm waiting for my next call. Well, he might see somebody, let's say jaywalking, right? Now, do I really think they're going to get somebody for that? No, but that's an example of, you know, or somebody, somebody rolling around without their updated, um, let's say, te- you know, registration, Texas registration or something like that, or, or, you know, they're going to actually, you know, um, now I don't think they do this now. I think that they've lightened up a bit, but in the past, let's say you're break, they see someone breaking a law. They're supposed to actually enforce the law or are supposed to, you know, go stop somebody. So if they happen to be there in this neighborhood more frequently, because maybe there's more crime there, uh, they might actually be, um, pulling over more people from a minority area just because they happen to be there. <laughs> uh, but again, I don't think that, I think that, it's correct for the, for a lot of minorities to say, Hey, these other neighborhoods, they don't have any cops present, but they get to break laws all the time and they never get uh, stopped for their crimes. Um, and you could argue maybe that's true because there just wasn't a huge presence in this other neighborhood, but it's also true that we can't stop every instance of crime, right? The laws are there. And some of some people who break them, they're punished, but prosecutors have arbitrary uh, discretion on who to prosecute, and they can't possibly bring cases against everybody who, in theory, committed a crime. But we want the SEC, right, to bring cases of fraud against every cryptocurrency or whatever that we, de- with, that we deem as a, as a security, an unregistered security. Why do we think the SEC would even have the ability to do something like this? And um, I think I think people see a problem of the laws not being enforced fairly, and that's true. I don't know if it's a really fixable problem. Besides, um, you know, either one increasing the budget of the SEC so they could potentially go after everyone or more people that are committing, you know, securities laws violations, or you know, maybe change how people get um, placed there. Maybe you have to have, you know an equal amount of people on both sides of the aisle or people who like crypto, who don't like crypto, who, who think that, who think like Elizabeth Warren, maybe who thinks, uh, you know, all these, these companies are bad, but then somebody who also thinks that these companies are you know, mostly you know good and not lying and not defrauding people. You know, maybe just a mixed bag of all these a bunch of people, diverse people that way in theory, not like not one group of people who have, you know, certain ideas are controlling, you know, a regulatory body like the SEC. I don't think that we should just give the SEC 
to a bunch of pro crypto people because I don't, I think that, you know, they would never charge anybody with, with, uh, you know, selling, um, unregistered securities or, or whatever, you know, maybe some fraud or something. Uh, I don't know what the answer is, but I would ask Bruce Fenton, you know, does he think that the securities laws as they're written, as they are written in 1933 or 1940, uh, does he still believe in that even, you know, and upholding the law and how would he uphold the law if he were to get rid of the SEC? Um, and what is his answer to, if we're going to allow every single cryptocurrency to exist and be sold, right. And not have to register with the regulator like the SEC, what is his solution for going after fraud? Is he going to have to increase the DOJ's budget? Because technically fraud is a crime and the government technically prosecutes fraud as a, you know, as a private citizen. If you get ripped off by a scam crypto, you lose money and you can prove in court that this guy, you know, whoever sold it to you was the creator and committed fraud, like lied about his cryptocurrency. You bought it, you lost money. You can have, you can go to a prosecutor and, but, but they may not decide to prosecute. Prosecutors, the DOJ are the only people that actually can put someone in jail for their crime. But you as a citizen could bring a private class, you know, private action, a civil case against the person that sold you fraud, this cryptocurrency, right? But you have to prove your case in court. Um, and then the restitution would be, you know, fines. So if he could afford to, maybe he lost, maybe he doesn't have any money. Maybe the person you sued, um, and gets rid of all his money or hides it or flees the country. I mean, how, how do you actually sue someone privately for cryptocurrency fraud? And there'd be, so then we'd have to increase the amount of judges. I think we'd have to increase the amount of resources available to public, to go after people to accuse them of, of selling me like a pump and dump fraud cryptocurrency as a private citizen, because we know that the prosecutors can't go after everybody. They have, they have limited resources too. So at the end of the day, like I think that people who, who believe they've been defrauded should, should have access to a, a, a legal system, right? Where they can bring a court case against the person they believe defrauded them in less than a year. This needs to be this. It can't just be, Oh, you'll hear your court case in two years. It needs to be, you know, ideally less than six months. Um, so we're going to have to massively increase the resources of the Justice Department, right? Not the Justice, yeah, not, sorry, not the FBI, but I'm talking about like uh, the court, court system. Um, because I would ideally, if I bought a cryptocurrency that I feel like the person defrauded me, I want to be able to sue them privately. And, you know, the judge might say, well, <sighs> I don't know what they would say, but I, I, but I've heard, you know, rumors that our our court system is super slow. So Bruce Fitton, um, if he's going to allow like just anything goes, right. I don't know if he wants to get rid of securities laws, right. But he definitely wants to get rid of the SEC. Not that the SEC does much, but if he wants to get rid of like all securities laws, or if people think the SEC is gone, it's open season, right. We can do anything we want now. Um, we can defraud people, which I don't think he thinks we can defraud people, but I don't think he has a solution for wanting to like scale back the SEC, a regulator and, and say that everybody should be, be able to buy whatever they want. Well, that basically means anybody should be able to sell anything they want. And Bruce Fitton seems to think that you'd have to go to court to prove that whatever they sold you was something scammy or that you were defrauded. I don't think he has thought all of this through. Um, so 
Uh, and maybe he doesn't have to because people people just see, you know, especially his, his Bitcoin followers just see the SEC as this monstrosity uh, that is going to hurt, you know, their industry. So, uh, but these are the questions I have. Let's see. What do I think about Naval? Um, he kind of pumps crypto. I mean, I think he's, I think he's interesting. He's got a lot of good takes, uh, especially about how to, you know, how to become an entrepreneur. Um, I think he's extremely well read. Um, I don't really agree with his cryptocurrency takes, uh, Bitcoin takes. Um, I haven't, I don't pay too much attention to him. Uh, I did, did record a podcast at one point that said Naval was wrong about Bitcoin or gold. I forgot what it was about. Um, next, I want to talk about this guy named Eric Wall. <laughs> and I like him because he's kind of a contrarian in the Bitcoin crypto space. And he's been calling out this morning people who agree, who believed in the stock to flow, um, chart that Plan B put out. Uh, and, uh, I guess, you know, he's, he's sort of get, getting some payback. You know, Safedean was one of the guys that believed in it. Uh, there's a few other big names that he listed out. <laughs> I don't remember them exactly, but, uh, he's kind of getting, I think he, he's, people might say, well, he's calling out names. It's kind of mean. Well, he was criticized for like, uh, I think he was criticized and put down because he's not one of these Bitcoin maxi types. Uh, so if you're not a Bitcoin maxi, you're, you, you might get <laughs> attacked on, on Twitter. Um, as a scammer, he said he was called a scammer. So he's kind of just getting his own revenge. Um, and that's fine. But yeah, the stock to flow thing was this idea that they pumped it because, um, you know, they just want to sell Bitcoin. They just want to sell, uh, Bitcoin and they want to sell it to new people who think it's going to go to a million. And if, if you're a new noob right to the space, you're blinded by this. Like you'll, you, you will hunt out sources that say Bitcoin's going to a million. You'll focus on that like a laser, right? And you'll be blinded to everything else because you'll just want it to happen so much, uh, that you'll just focus on that. And, and, um, and, you know, it's not a good idea to, to sell your cryptocurrency or to depend on new people coming in that believe this kind of, uh, idea. Anyways. Oh, okay. So next, Lynn Alden. I just saw something she was up to this morning. Um, she was talking about how Ethereum has more celebrities for advertising. And she specifically pointed out like Jimmy Fallon has dot ETH in his, uh, uh, Twitter handle and some other guy too that was pretty famous and how, you know, Bitcoin is known. Bitcoin sort of has this brand first mover, but they're, but they still have an issue. They're not, they're not, uh, they're, they're not as dominant, right? And she was talking about how Bitcoin needs better advertising. So I thought that was really curious. Um, cause you know, they want to, she was talking to somebody on Twitter going back and forth and how, how to get mass adoption. And, you know, Lynn was saying they need a bit, a better brand. Um, and I, I thought it was funny that, um, one guy told her, uh, Mass that the masses aren't going to buy Bitcoin unless the financial advisors just sort of put it in their portfolio for them. I thought that was crazy for for this guy to say that. And then she replied to him with a link to 
Swan Financial Advisors. And it was like teaching financial planners on how to sell Bitcoin. So she's a part of this company. She's either a founding member, an advisor, right? She does a lot of work with Swan. Um, they probably pay her to do to advertise or do something. Um, but she's on board, right? She's on board with, well, maybe she's not, but she, she definitely linked this, this thing and this presentation that Swan, uh, Swan Bitcoin has where they're trying to teach financial advice to millions of this country, uh, how to sell the, how to sell the Bitcoin, right? They're, they're focused on this and, um, this Pierre Richard guy is married to to this chick, and she's like a financial advisor too. But she started this company where her and Pierre are now teaching financial planners what to say to sell Bitcoin. It's just I I I throw up when I hear this stuff because you know these people. I think that they are committing fraud because what I think they're saying about Bitcoin. I think it's untrue. I think it's a misrepresentation of facts, which if you are, this is the very definition of fraud. If you are speaking about an investment, right, which Bitcoin is, it's treated as one. If you are speaking about an investment contract, whenever you sell something, that's a contract, right? That's technically a contract. Uh, these people are committing fraud and it doesn't matter if Bitcoin is not labeled as a security by the SEC or by whoever, right? You, as we've seen, you do not have to have, you can commit fraud whether or not it's a security or not. These people are committing fraud. If you can catch just one Bitcoiner in a lie about Bitcoin, this person has committed fraud, right? I can start a business and I do, I do want to where, uh, I just catch Bitcoiners in lies, right? I just catch them in lies and I say, hey, look, if you've lost money, if you bought Bitcoin, listen to this Safedine guy, if you've listened to Pierre Richard, especially if you've like taken a class, it looks a little bit better because you can prove that you, you know, were part of their class. <laughs> but uh, if you've listened to Sailor, right? Sailor's nonsense. He said a lot of lies. Uh, all of these are lies and you can get them for fraud. Again, you can... Create, you can, as a private citizen, sue anyone civilly. You can sue all of these people for fraud. And let, let's see what happens in court. Let's see them defend themselves, right? Um, I've spoken about this at length um, on, on numerous shows, but anybody who's caught saying hodl and I've never sold Bitcoin, right? Prove it in court. I challenge Dan Held because he's always saying hodl to prove, and I doubt he can, that he has never sold Bitcoin. Because if you're saying hodl to other people and um, acting like you've never sold, or at least saying you should never sell, <laughs> well, if you can prove that he did sell, you that that's a form of deception. <laughs>